podcast listeners. If you hear my voice right now, I need you to do something for me. I want you to take out your phone or on your computer, go to Apple Podcasts, search for Ask Your Old Head Podcast. You'll see my, my logo, my little picture, my little image there. Find the show. Please rate and write a review. It's a small thing, but it helps others find this work and find what I'm doing here. And it really, really matters, uh, as small as that may seem. So if you could please do that uh, before we get into the show, I much appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Let's get into it. Peace. Peace. I'm adjusted. My brother Justice. Uh, so uh, we come together here. Uh, so big, uh, the notorious B.I.G., uh, the biggest smalls, as it were, would have been 50? Yeah, turn 50. Turn 50. Yeah. And so would have been 50. Yeah. And, uh, and so with that, there's, you know, I guess, you know, so all these things like this are some commemoration, some hubbub and some discussion. And, and you know, as always is the, the, the challenge, you know, our the obsession with the top fives and, and contributions. But, you know, we always, I've always kind of, uh, wait, and is it, was his, his birthday? It's one of this is when he was, he was murdered. He was born because he was, he died on March 9th. Right, March 9th, right. right, right. Okay, so yeah, so um, with that, I thought it might be fitting to have a you know a biggie little bit little biggie conversation because you know big biggie biggie was good at rapping you know as 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 it were and 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 the, and the putting together the the phrases and um and what have you to the beats to the beats and the rhymes the beats and rhymes they go together like that. <laughs> um, but the uh, thing I thought that uh, you had brought up, you had a, you had a thought about life after death. That uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it came from a couple things. It came from actually uh, reading a Pusha T interview where he was talking about like one of the inspirations for um, his current album. It's almost dry. Was life after death? So you know, one of the challenges in hip hop culture, we you we know I talked about this. It's always like something over the other, right? Mm-hmm. We're always debating if something was better than the other, right? And it's always this really electric conversation about was something good or not. Now, the only you know, if I use a jazz album or an R and B album, the only stuff that I can compare it to is that we always. People always say they either like Bitches Brew or didn't like Bitches Brew, right? Like, <laughs> people like, that was my album. It was the jam versus like, oh, man, it was trash, man. I didn't understand. Um, or, as we've also talked about, you know, it's the secret life of plants. And <laughs> 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 the role of the secret life of plants is TV One. Power. power. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where people, you'll find many people that are like either or on a... Yeah, on the secret life of plants, right? And so I I think about that when it comes to life after death, because life after death was the place where Biggie had become very popular, very fast. And now, as I'm an adult, unfairly was tagged with all the things people thought was wrong with hip-hop. Right? Like, he got tagged with everything. The fact that he was, you know, making a lot of money, when everyone was trying to keep it super real, when, you know, 20, 25, 30 years later, no one's trying to keep it real. Everyone's getting paid, right? <laughs> but, like, then we all, you know, so uh, both of us included. Yeah, no, no, wait, present company. Present company. I'm, I'm not going to plead the fifth on this one. I'm going to take the rap. <laughs> you know, about him keeping it real and all this kind of stuff, right? And and so, so a couple of things. One, you get this time where everyone's kind of blaming and juxtaposing him versus other rappers who are keeping it real, even though everyone's getting rich. Um, and then he drops this album. He drops Life After Death. And I guess, and then I'll go into like the broader kind of contours of his, what I'm thinking and, you know, open it up. 
The other thing was, so you get life after death. And after Pusha said it and after, like, you know, I went back and listened to it. Um, and Life After Death is a really good album. Mm. It got plagued by the double album craze of that time. Yeah. Where they put out so much stuff because they wanted to sell two units at one time. <laughs> so I get it. <laughs> but like it was so much, I think we couldn't do any do as much with it. But in retrospect, it was a really good album. And 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 here's why I'll say that. It was one of the first albums. You could argue it was written a little bit, but I would say this album was like the first narrated album that literally almost had nothing to do with what you did, right? Which now we all see as par for the course, right? Rabbit didn't have to do everything they said they did. He created an album that were stories, that were compelling stories that he did not necessarily have to have the experience to do. There's a very interesting tale about like Clark Kent, the the, um, DJ and the producer who listened to Big and he listened to uh, Who Shot You, right? Mm -hmm. And he listened to Who Shot You and Big said, who's better, me or or Jay-Z, right? And Clark Kent responded to him, you are the best rapper I've ever heard, Biggie. And he told him, Jay-Z is the best MC I've ever heard. And that was actually one of the motivations for life after death being so well written Mm -hmm. because Clark Kent telling big that he was a good rapper, but he was not as good as a writer. Essentially. That's what essentially was saying, right? Mm -hmm. He wasn't good of a writer as Jay-Z made him go create. I think which was in retrospect, his opus. Mm -hmm. Now we also suffer from the idea that he died so early. We don't have a lot of, things to compare it to right even in Pac's short time Pac produced so much music that we just have we have mo- we have like multiple eras of Pac if you think about it right you got revolutionary Pac you got thug life Pac you have me against the world Pac I guess thug life and me against the world would be the same era then you have death row Pac yeah yep. yep and they're all different sounding stuff Tupacalypse now and, yeah, and yeah, Strictly yeah, with my niggas yeah, yeah. doesn't sound like Thug Life with me against the world. Yeah. Which doesn't sound like Machiavelli. Say, so, so Pac, oh, in five years, which I think is sometime deep when we think about it, he did all that in five years from 91 to 96. Yeah. Uh. You could probably argue the most, most prodigious output. So, anyway, Big is like the opposite. You have an album. You have remixes, and then you have a double album that then gets overshadowed by its death. So I wanted to share that. Um, I would say one more thing about this, and I want to get your insight. Then you have this idea. So I would compare him to like a Chester Himes. Obviously, he called himself the rap Alfred Hitchcock. But I would compare him more to a Chester Himes because, again, it became like a noir mystery kind of process taking from people's experiences, but writing something that he himself weren't, wasn't necessarily a part of. So then last thing is like this idea that like how he exists in, in the, with the broader hip hop culture that like people threw him a 50th party, right? Lil' Kim threw him a 50th party. And all the people you would assume that would come to a 50th big party were there. And it just thinks about how he lives on in the memory of hip hop differently than almost any rapper who, quote unquote, died before his time, before Nipsey. But even Nipsey Hustle lives on more in the broader context. Yeah, yeah, not, not necessarily. Lyrical, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Not like the lyrical context. Like Big lives on different than Pun. And I would, I, one of the people that would argue pun had reached a, a degree of lyrical dexterity that matched big, if not surpassed him. Mm-hmm. Big L. I mean, so, I mean, we could go all the dudes that, that return to the essence. Right. But I'm just saying like, it's just very interesting to see the place that he plays. So I just wanted to get you like, you know, I wanted to put those out there and get your take on 
kind of that broader sense, that broader context? Well, it's two things. It's, I mean, one is something I was thinking about um, that's significant with life after death because it was sort of incomprehensible, like it wasn't comprehensible or incomprehensible. It was incomprehensible, right? That Big like became famous, famous, like outside of us famous. Cause like, you know, I, I still don't totally, I mean, Juicy, I like Juicy. Juicy was a great song and, uh, and, but like, you know, how he, I don't know what was the particular thing that allowed him to, you know, he became like a pop artist, right? Like, you know, meaning I, AKA that, you know, the, 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 the music buying white populace that might not otherwise know a hip hop song, knew his songs. <laughs> um, I don't know how that happened. And I, and I think in the moment, so when, uh, you know, in our, in, our, in our judgmental eyes of, uh, <laughs> of, of that year, when life after death came out, it was sort of like, you know, he gonna make these songs, you know, for this other people. I mean, he ain't gonna make this, you know what I'm saying? The, the first uh, everyday struggle, you know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, Things so unchanged, you don't believe me. I mean, it's for the streets, you know what I'm saying? It's for us, for us in the in the trenches, you know what I'm saying? And you know, wearing our Tims and, and, and you know, fatigues and, and hoodies and stuff, you know what I'm That's saying? And, and like, you know, I'm not did I'm, I'm you know, I might well, yeah, I, I had a whole like thought train around like if I wanted to get some Tims, where where could I get them from and should I do it as a but anyway, that we'll save that for another conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I had some jeans on, I was like, you know what, if I had some Tims. This be this be this be a good look for some tips, but I don't they have no tips. Look at you, they go be like, "What's up, old head?" Yeah. Old head. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, right. So when when like, because I think we, well, I mean, even that age, you know, we had the uh, you know the early access. Yo, know, this is the this is the version. This is the final of the album, and then we finally listened to the album. I mean, I think we had at least three or four different like. I mean, the, we the infamous to Big like Mac the, sampler. The, yeah, the, the, you know I mean? the, the infamous Big Mac sampler, yeah. Yeah, you know I'm saying like like where we was like, all right, we're gonna listen to this big yeah, I'm see what's up with it. Like sessions, you know what I mean? I, that I can uh, at least remember between you know our apartments, you know, or other friends, or, you know, whatever have you. Absolutely. And you know, the so so that to me sort of fed into you know, with, like I said, with the with the wisdom of uh, uh of time. Like, yeah, man, I don't, you know, I, you know, I didn't want to like certain parts of the album because it's like, why you got to do a song with them? You know, why you got to do a song with Bone? Why you got to do a song with this other thing? Why you got to do that? Why can't you just do some other stuff? But like, when you go back later, you're like, well, actually, it's kind of a dope song. <laughs> like, like in the moment, you're kind of like, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of a nice song. It, it, it was rhyming there and they did, they, they matched styles and it didn't like, um, you know, I was trying to get the, the record uh up to make sure i could look at them all um because you know the thing with the album that long is that you get you can get through 20 whatever songs you'd be like man we still listening to songs and, and um well, and that's it right that's the thing <laughs> it, it began that time where you would listen to a song see how it started or like you wouldn't listen to the song with too short right or like <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? Or like besides Notorious Thugs being an example of a rapper taking a style that was not theirs when you still had local styles. Because, you know, you don't have any local styles anymore, right? Like all the rappers rap like each other. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like the current Chicago slash Detroit style that everybody uses, right? All the rappers rap like they're from Chicago, Detroit. Even if they don't, you don't know they rap like they're from Chicago, Detroit. They do, right? Um, Yeah, but him to do that and it to be a generally good song, right? But I think I remember a time we were all together, we were like, oh shit, like he really flipped that. It was almost like we didn't want to like it. Yeah, yeah. But but you like it. But it was like <laughs> you, you could not like it, or even no more money, more problems, right? Like you might not have wanted to like that song. But you couldn't be like because you like the beat if nothing else. Yeah, yeah, at a minimum. But 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 the but the 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 the, uh, the rhymes, you know, the verses and stuff were not like bad verses. Like it wasn't like like it was like you know what was it? Be out, you know, he spelled it to spell out and then yeah, to the D E A. Like you know what I'm saying? Mad because I'm flagrant. Like, yeah. Oh man, like the, the patterns. 
My team supreme, stay cream, triple queen, lyrical beam. I be that. Catch me bent at all events. Catch me pulse at all events bent. Like the the lyrical dexterity he had made something you didn't want to like good. Yeah. So it's like I, I think it's a a case uh, a situation where he, he really you know. Even go back later because I'm looking at those other songs like you know um, on there like Sky's the Limit. I ain't want to like Sky's the Limit. I like Sky's the Limit. <laughs> um, I haven't listened to Long Kisses uh, in a minute, but I do like that song. You know what I'm saying? Um, and even in the You're Nobody to the till somebody kills you, it's like you know we did the world other artists and especially like and I, and I say this in the sense of like. Artists that didn't suddenly that, that didn't seem comprehensive, it didn't seem unreasonable that these other artists could have been the artists that somehow grabbed the heart of people who don't normally listen to hip hop and they wanted to dance to it too. Meaning that you get that, you know, that other level of record sales, you get that other level of concert venues. And I, and I say that just from the perspective of, you know, in the last two months going to a stadium, you know, conference, taking, you know, my daughter to Tyler the Creator. Uh, tour that's a nice show you know but like that kind of show is a weird show this is like a jabillion people in there and it's like little kids it's like older kids it's like adults it's people in a mosh pit it's, you know that you know I think when you when you assume someone's at a concert in a big stadium if you're just a person that goes don't think about it you're like oh it's just you know it's just something that happens but when you process it for a minute you're like this isn't like the really the way you intimately engage with uh, music, right? Like it's a spectacle. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, no, absolutely. And it's a broad, you know, you got to have a broad appeal to put, you know, 10,000, 20,000, 30,000 people in some seats. And it 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 still sometimes slows me. Not that, not that Biggie and what he was doing or other artists, music isn't good enough for to fill those type of venues. I'm just still curious, like, why? <laughs> Biggie became the, the the that 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 person in that time frame. Yeah, so then, I mean, it's so, go, ahead, go ahead. Oh, so then I say, so then when it's like assessing the actual music, you know, it's like the gaze and the specter of like, well, why is everyone else like this? I know why I would like this song, but why would they like that song? You know, like I know why I like my downfall. I don't know why other people. I mean, those might not be the songs that other people listen to, though. They might, they might you know, they 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 might they not doing the uh, you know the the uh, uh, eating clams and muscles, you know, muscle, I, you know, I ain't going to keep PG, keep PG for the, for the kids Man. in the car. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, if your kids is in the car, <laughs> yeah, put the, on the, put on the redacted version, Jack, because Big is not playing around with y'all. You know what I'm saying? And the, I mean, with the intros and, and again, that, that, that aspect of that it was a character that you know, you know, anyone would consume that at least, but you know, the, the idea that like you're speaking to a, a a truth that we know to be true in the world, but it's not necessarily all you. And that's okay though. You know what I'm saying? Like we're now at least it's is everybody act like they all of those things, you know. It sometimes they are, and sometimes they just, you know. Well, we we know they're not, and if they are, then you end up like thugging them, like you end up like gonna and thug. Like, right, right. You're in the scrum now. You all. In the if mix. you are the guy who did this, then they have, you know, forty two Doug. You know what I mean? When the young dude from Detroit that's on uh, Yo Gotti's label, mm-hmm. some of these guys are the guys that they say they are. Right, <laughs> right. And 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 what happens to sometimes is you go to jail. Right. Like. And then you have this idea of like, okay, well, we know that people aren't the people they say they are. But Big did that, but he did it with a such he did it with a level of one technical acuity. Right. Like he was technically, I would argue at that point and now retrospect and us as artists, he was technically more advanced than almost everybody outside of like the G rap. You know, Mm -hmm. kind of space yeah right right because with the patterns the breathing the yeah. uh the the multi-syllabic the the rhyming the rhyming odd parts of 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 a of, of a say of a single rhyme where like 
you you did a cadence at switch and then you rhymed a word with something from three lines came, before. Yeah, came down to, like, yeah, like we were talking about, like, I got a story to tell, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, and, and even the fact that that's true. Right. Like, it's about <laughs> Anthony Mason. <laughs> you know, like, you know, Anthony Mason's dead and so is Big, so I guess it's okay to talk about it. Maybe the sister isn't, you know, but yeah, I'm just man. saying. Like, I mean, hopefully everybody figured it out by now. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, it's a true story. <laughs> That he's telling in a really comedic way about something that occurred. Mm-hmm. Like even that. And again, I'm open to the fact that we couldn't process that then. Yeah. Like we couldn't process that you could do the art in this way. Right. And I just, so, yeah, I just think life after death is like one of those records that for people. And again, I, I mean, there's just songs I just don't like. Right, yeah, it's fine. It's just songs I don't like, but there's songs on that almost every album I don't like. The only album that had a song that I liked every album, every song on the album, and that was then. I don't even know if I see it that way now. It's like Illmatic, maybe like Hard to Earn. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right, right. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely be the Illmatic. Um, uh, Daily Operation. Probably, uh, so I probably listen, but you know, I mean, uh, or at least anyone listens to this knows I'm well documented in my, (laughs) in my, you know, solo adoration for for uh, um, Gangstar and Gangstar EPMD Tribe Dayla. Yeah, I mean, there are some, some. but even then, there's records because I was thinking about when we was talking about this a little bit. Like it took me a while to to like all of like more songs on De La Soul is Dead. But it also there was a gap in there of my access to money to buy my own records. So I realized I didn't get to listen to the whole record till much later in life when I had the money to buy it myself. Um yeah, you know I mean, but like uh yeah, there's, there's a lot of records where it's like, yeah, I, I, I can skip that song. Right, it's like one song you can skip. It's like you could be like, okay, I can skip it. And so Ready to Die is one of them, again, one of them albums that you don't have to skip something. Illmatic was like, you don't have to skip. Uh, one could even argue with the purple tape. You could argue some, uh, you know, Wisdom Wisdom Body was not a bad song. Yeah. But I do have not they played Wisdom Body. Yeah, they could have did without Wisdom Body. I mean, it's like, yeah. it, it goes fast, so you, you get over, it's like, ah, oh, it's like, all right, man, I guess I'm already you're headed, to, you're headed to Glacier's Ice. <laughs> right, you're headed to Glacier's Ice, and you're like, ah, oh, I so, guess I got another minute. It's a couple seconds. Yeah, so you're you're just like right. You're just trying to survive the encounter, right? Like you're surviving the encounter with somebody trying to get to Glacier's Ice, right? So, and so yeah, it's a double album. So obviously there's more stuff, but I would say that, and the fact that it was done in retrospect in 1997, right? And again, it was done where he had an acute competition with not only Jay Z as this peer that no one really knows about that he does, which I think is really interesting. And it is almost like jazz or like R&B, right? Whereas like you have this peer that the world outside of a small group of us who know who Jay-Z is, the world doesn't know Jay-Z exists, but you know Jay-Z exists. Right. And you're writing to be better than this other, separate your beef with Nas, you're writing to be better than this other guy. Right. Who the world doesn't know about yet. As well as writing to be better than Rain Ghost. Right. Because you can also hear in Life After Death the direct competition with Rain Ghost. Yeah. You know. So yeah, man, I, I just thought it was a fat. I thought like going back and listening that like most things in the world, it has more to it than you give it at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say to folks, man, if you get a chance like listen to life after death and you're 45 and up and you were a true hip hop head. Let that shit go. <laughs> hey. Just let it go, man. If you hey. haven't let it go already, if you still mad cause you blame puffy for messing up hip hop. I mean, I got a whole bunch of books you should read. If like you think, right. if you think that Sean Combs destroyed hip hop, I want, I want actually, let me say this again for people in the back. Because it's almost fratricide sometimes. Mm-hmm. With all the factors that were impacting music, 
if you think that this one dude had the power to do it all, then you should go read about COINTELPRO. Right. <laughs> like, like you should actually know that don't think this one guy had the power to change it, man. He was doing the art that he thought was the art. Yeah. Shout out to Andre Harrell. Like, in retrospect, like, you know, because I had to go back and ret- recognize that what Puffy was doing was directly connected to how the word Andre Harrell saw the world. Which was get them get black culture to the biggest possible population in a way that they could understand it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my only, you know, last note on that, I was just an ad is 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 exactly that though. Like whatever you think of the music, I mean, um there's there's all of the the gritty forms of 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 the, the the art and the genre that you would like to engage in are actually still out there, and like and none of the like MF Doom didn't become MF Doom or you know you know the artist formerly uh, known as so much you know like in terms of that being a pivot that the MF Doom phenomenon is after you know the age where we would say oh the, the real hip hop is gone yeah you know even. You know, I mean, I like Run the Jewels. I don't know how y'all feel about it. So, I mean, maybe that might be. And Run the Jewels might be somewhere else between. Well, anyway, I like Run the Jewels. If you don't like Run the Jewels, something wrong with you. You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> there it is. is. <laughs> go ahead, give it up. Just give it up. I, I was wondering why you were censoring yourself. I just wanted you to go. I was just, you know, I don't know. So every once in a while, you get, you know, and like you, you know, there's all sorts of artists that have been in the last 20 years right if we if we if we if we accept the notion that like puffy in that era destroyed the real hip hop and the the gritty the boom bap sounds and the the sound the any of the styles where it's like it's just odd right cuz there's there's also that aspect of what's odd in 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 that was always a part of within the, the scope of rap music and hip hop music a lot of that stuff still is out there it still happens and you know some people is touring the country making money being you know, artists now know they're I not mean, as popular as whomever. Say, say what you will about Griselda, Rock Marciano. I mean, Griselda does 90s. Yeah, yeah they do. Yeah, they do. That's what that is, just with contemporary drug selling music, right. <laughs> drug selling lyrics. Right. right. That, that's exactly <laughs> what they do. Right. And if you've been to the east side of Buffalo, you got to get, listen. It ain't too far from the reality of what you would see in the east side of Buffalo, as we was talking about, with the broader challenges of what happened with that terroristic attack. And I think we should we should frame that appropriately. It was a terroristic attack, but mm-hmm. on black people for a purpose to put fear into us. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think like it's there. And also, you know, one quick thing I want to say about Doom that I think gets downplayed sometimes. Early Doom is taking samples, taking R&B samples and putting hard and hard drums over top of them. Yeah. Doomsday is literally what to like at that time taking the R&B samples of that time. Taking yeah. Sade, taking Anita Baker and him rapping over loops of Anita Baker. Yep. So this idea that people could have that like doom is real hip hop when what doom is doing is the same thing in some variations that Buffy did. Just less slick. Right. Like (laughs) he put a little more dust on it. That's all. Yeah. He put a little more dust on it. Everyone knew the song and we all liked it. We should not act like, you know, and that's that whole Bronx versus Manhattan, Bronx versus Harlem thing that Dan Charnis talks about in the big payback, which anyone who wants really wants to get to the crux of that issue should read the big payback or listen to it because it's an extremely long tune. <laughs> but like you sh- this whole idea we have of real hip hop versus unreal hip hop actually always goes back to. Did you want to have some sort of broader cultural experience versus did you want to party? Right, right, right. What do you in do while you What do you do while you listening to this music? Exactly. Did you want to watch somebody dance in their head, or did you want to do the two step in the hustle? Mm-hmm. If you wanted to dance, you want to watch 
you know, uh, one of these Puerto Rican kids dance on their head. And I, I particularly say watch the Puerto Rican kids dance on their head for a reason, because sometimes we downplay the role that um, the Latino community, the Puerto Rican community in particular, but let, broader Latino community played in the dance form of hip hop. Mm-hmm. And that, that had the connections to the boogaloo and all these other dance forms, right? So that's one. But then two, if you just wanted to, you didn't want to see somebody spin around, <laughs> and you just wanted to dance, you heard DJ Hollywood take a sample and keep and talk over it. Right. And that started in the 70s. And we and honestly, in some ways, we're still having the same conversation. It's like still having the the like uh WB Du Bois Booker T Washington conversation. Mm-hmm. Hundreds of years later. <laughs> we just transferred it to hip hop. We just transferred to hip hop. Do you want to work with your hands or should you be an intellectual? <laughs> do you want to just have, do you want to work hard or do you want to think? Like it's the same dialogues, man. We're having the same bifurcated conversations that we've always had. Word up. So another news. Um appreciate you. Um we uh you know wanted to just touch on just real quick just a couple you know it's spring and it's, a, it's always a good time to read um actually i guess i should shout out you know peace not breathe savey we we you know i we tried to you know do a little thing this month around reading not I, I don't always remember to post on the internet sometimes so i've been reading but i haven't posted so um but what I wanted to share, we you know, we talked about maybe just some stuff that we've been reading. And I've recently, um, you know, there was a time in my life where I decided I wasn't reading fiction books because, you know, life is real. And I don't need to read no stories. You know what I'm saying? I just need to go out here and study and learn about the real world. So I just wanted to read nonfiction books. And then I had a, 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 a personal renaissance uh, where I realized, oh, actually, you know what? There's a lot of good stuff in fiction books. <laughs> <laughs> should read more of them. I just didn't want to read the ones I was asked. Um, you know, but with that, absolutely, absolutely. you know, the, um, you know, it's actually, it's a lot of ideas, you know, there's, I mean, there's, well, there's pretty good evidence that if you want to change human behavior, you you do go much further with narrative. <laughs> You're going to go with uh, facts and figures, you know, no matter how good the facts and figures are. <laughs> But. Absolutely. And, and right. And the brain responds differently. I think we have to, we have people to try to overwhelm people with information and then be angry then when they don't change. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you know, just a brief, you know, as a kid, you hear up with hope, down with dope and the stuff that Jesse Jackson was saying. And, you know, we make caricatures of it. Right. But now, I mean, what, 20 years later, a person wins, the person wins, a black man wins to be president that you know mm-hmm. based on a narrative right. so no i mean yeah the, like you said the, the, the facts are in with our brains narratives work yeah. yeah it's just it's just it's just what it is um so with that i had um you know i read so i just finished reading so i gotta start something i just finished finally reading getting go getting to the end of uh tony morrison's blue aside and I, love, I like Toni Morrison, and I, I I suggest if you've never watched this, I think it's still on Hulu, this documentary about uh, her, you know, uh, not about her whole life, but about her as a writer and, and you know, her, her pathway, um, you know, and her importance to uh, telling the, the, the stories, telling the, the story of this, uh, our, of our community, this, this nation and, and various things. But the thing that I, that is set with me was one of my first reactions um, getting through. I mean, one, it, it's a it's a tough book, uh, just in in terms of it's the thing that I guess you know the 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 people that get all up in their their pearl clutching and uh, want to slash about you know that she. I didn't realize this because again, I didn't read the books earlier in life in, in earlier times. But when I write, read them now, especially with my own historical lens, I understand the time frame in which she, some of these stories, and especially even the bluest eyes happening. You have the context of a, of a community of people who are closer to the acute reality of exiting 
slavery and still operating within the context of a brutal, rapacious uh, ethno state. Um, with 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 within which they are trying to find their way to where they're going, whatever that may be, right? Uh, and particularly the blues eye focuses on you know uh, a young woman in her sense of how she sees herself, how she's treated, but it's all these other pieces and st- stuff that moves through. And the the thing that it mesmerizes me about her writing is sometimes I don't. It, it's like it, there's it doesn't follow it, it, in a way that I guess it doesn't follow a quick a straight line narrative and then but it's going somewhere and then I sort of don't care if I don't know where we're going I'm just gonna keep reading it until <laughs> I get there because I'm trying to understand the the way things are structured there's there's, there's these turns and twists that she takes um, and it uh, what I didn't know. Uh, that you know the the structure of thieves in the night uh was pulled you know from you know one of the was based you know just based on the line you know in in the, in the closing paragraphs of, of the story around you know again that that you know the the they're not free we only like it's not live it's exciting you know you know they they flipped it with some hip-hop you know what i'm saying but the the general yeah. notion is you know that that uh you know on the software like oh well good job at first I was like man good job by those guys and then I was like, I love that lamp. And I love the way this is. These are like two things. These are derivatives. This work, that work, derived from this work. And But they both kept the essence and the spirit of the idea of like how we really assess, you know, you know, our sense of, of who we are, right? Because that's a part of the stories. You have all these folks and this 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 girl who was harmed in the story um, in, in, multiple, in different ways at different times. Um, and those who, you know, the people who show up and show love for her are not the people who we hold in in reg- high regard um but then also those people don't have enough of the other things that you need in life to protect her <laughs> um you have uh you know these these notions of place and space you know that this you know a lot of these stories she um, at least i know several are like framed or centered in ohio and folks either coming up you know from other towns in the south to different parts of ohio or up on the lake and it just is, uh, you know, you know, I'm not, I don't, I'm not. Uh, it it is a one I would suggest folks read it. It's a good thing to read books, uh, and it's a book that uh, an artist, a writer who is sometimes targeted by certain parts of our society, like that, you know, young people shouldn't read it. And there's probably some stories that might have been challenging for young folks. I know there's, which, uh, I don't remember which which book starts with the the, 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 the men having uh, relations doing something sexual to a cow, like in the first paragraph, I can't remember which one that is, but that's not the blue side, but I'm just saying, um, yeah, man. So I was really, um, yeah, I was glad to get to this. Not actually a long read, but you know, I, be, I started trying to work basically what, what I had set myself out to do was start working through her canon and trying to read as many of her books as I can. So I got like five or six of her books. I went and bought new and used copies what I could find. And I started stacking them up. So that's my first piece that I finished reading this month. And um, I would suggest it to those, you know, if you, you know, you're looking for, you know, some, some, some classic black literature, you know what I'm saying? Dive in. Classic American literature. Classic. That's right. No, that's right. I think it's really important to state that because sometimes our books get put into like the black literature, like we wrote it somewhere else. Right. Like we have it some small, we have it some small subset, you know, purgatory versus it's an American story, yeah. right? And like, you know, often run into that with like all, you know, August uh, Wilson. Like mm-hmm. August Wilson is not just one of the best. He's not one of the best black writers. He's one of the best American writers. Yeah. And we need to see these stories, even the ones we produce to this day, as fundamentally American stories mm-hmm. because they are. Because Chino Akebe, we don't be like, oh, that's just a black story. That's an, that's a story that took place in Africa, right? Like, you can't separate it from its location, nor should you try to. Um, so for mine, I'll share. It's a book kind of found in an odd way. I was reading an article, and it talked about the like unheralded or black origins of disco. Hmm. 
And so, you know, there's this, a broader dialogue around disco. Obviously, you think of Studio 54, you think all these places, you think of like, you know, dancing, wild abuse of a variety of things, this new free way of living um, as a response to what was going on in New York and across the world and, you know, all these kind of things. And I ran into a book by a fellow by, ne- by the name of Noel Hankin. And so Noel Hankin is actually an executive who has been in um, like selling liquor and alcohol and marketing for like 25 years. Mm. He was in advertising actually before that. And he came out with a book of his story and the story of him and others that was, it's called after dark birth of the disco dance park. And so what he puts forth is this really fascinating conversation. That's the confluence of the change in New York city, post-civil rights, um, you know, uh, post-civil rights cities and the change in the black community. And so what he posits, and I mean, it's, it's not, he doesn't posit like he's making it up. It happened. (laughs) Was that in post 68 and post 69, as more black, more like black folk, black and brown folks started to uh, work in Midtown, that before what we now know was the disco era, there were like black club, black club nights that were like DJ nights. And the DJ nights were similar to what we kind of call hip hop. Like let's say James Brown plays and like it plays for five minutes and like, then they put it on another, uh, another turntable and play it again. (laughs) Then they play the song again. So it's not like cutting up. It's not like the cool hurt, like finding the break. It's like literally playing the song again. So people just dance for 20 minutes long, 30 minutes long. And they were largely, they were black and brown folks largely who went to college and were professionals who could then go to Midtown when a lot of black folks couldn't go down there and get club nights. And then showing the money in the club nights is what kind of gave birth to other folks being able to come into Midtown, rent and buy properties which then you start to see the emergence of um of of disco. And it is fascinating to like see it. I mean they talk about like New York Freddie Myers, Nikki Barnes, like all the kind of in the interplay that even at that time which going back to my point about hip hop, the interplay in the community where some guys who were all regular guys, you know, the group the group in the corporation was called the Best of Friends and how they would throw the parties and the gangsters from Harlem and Brooklyn would come to the parties to hang out, but never cause an issue. But there was this interplay between these two different parts of the black community, because these were some of the first big events that were held outside of our traditional neighborhoods. They were held outside of Harlem, uh, Brooklyn and like Southeast Queens, right. In the Bronx. And so just to see this other story is really interesting. And it just, it reminds me that so much of history gets lost in the narrative, right? That to your point about earlier, it's not about facts sometimes. It's about the narrative. Yeah. That's amazing. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, and it's, it's, it's easy reading. I mean, he tells a story that he mentions so many other things that were happening, you know, brings in the role of martial arts as doormen mm-hmm. and like the role of like black folks who did martial arts. Um, the role of um, entrepreneurs who figured out how to make sure they paid the, uh, the mambo bands and the salsa bands. I know salsa is not a term everyone uses, but just for the common conversation here. Um, paid those bands to make sure they could play all night and you know, all the different dances that were coming through that time is pictures of like Lola Falana in their club, pictures of Warhol in their club. So this is like real history that is often not talked about in the role that black men and women had in that scene as well. That eventually broke down for a lot of reasons, including hip hop, um, but also including the times of New York that then got really challenging around, you know, times in New York are challenging around crime. So 
definitely wanted to uh i would definitely submit it it's a it's a book you got to put in and find on amazon so it's not in any of the uh traditional publishing houses but definitely a book worth reading Dope. Super dope. Um, then, you know, i got a couple going but uh second one i said which i'm not all the way through and it's this is not an easy read <laughs> Um, it's actually um I became aware of it because it's the textbook to or at least was one of the textbooks in uh my you know my my, my partner and life person, mother of my children's uh doctoral program around indigenous uh psychology, um public psychology and indigenous ways of knowing. Um and it's uh towards oh, let me get the whole thing so I can see it. Towards psychologies of liberation, um Mary Watkins. Aline Schulman uh, read, oh, well, I got the audio book, but um, I thought there was a third name on, in the primary authors. If not, I'll find it. And it's, um, you know, it, I, I don't know where everyone lands. It, it, it was a, a a major, I think I feel like it, at least in, in, in our time as like younger folks, when you were like, especially maybe making your first forays into uh i'll call it liberation thinking you know right and like trying to move away from you know whatever you know dominant narrative you were given about like how the world works right so you, you might go to you know Dain Makbar, uh france chris welsing and you know sometimes she, she kind of got the one book for like half a book but um you know maybe later uh, others, Dr. Joy grew, you know, but that would be probably later. I think when we was like the the 80s, the stuff that was there already in the 80s. <laughs> uh, but right, actual fact, that's right. right. But but really, you know, uh, Amos Wilson, you know, what I'm saying. Uh, but the, the 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 key thing within the the the, the text and and it, it goes um, very deep just into pulling up like when we think about you know the the, the broader idea of psychology uh where we, we're encouraged to have this very the thing that i think most of us rebel against is the idea that there, there there's a there was a there's a school of thought and a decision making to frame everything within psychology as if it's something about you <laughs> when things need to be resolved and not the group um and a lot of the different parts the chapters and the sections and i think you know the way it's written it is like essays so i think it's something someone if they just wanted to, to dabble in with certain ideas within it could could touch base with those um but really when you're trying to like if we're going to talk about and, and i think this is a really key point it's one of the things that resonated as i was working through the first chapters like you know, and even my current issue, current thing that I think about a lot, like the way we've sort of abandoned, as I see it, like kind of we've, we've we've abandoned cultural nationalism. Um, we've, you know, or at least a lot of folks have. We've sort of abandoned, um, like just black nationalism. <laughs> we've, we've we've like we, but we have this other thing that we're doing that I don't really know what it is or people are doing. I don't know if I'm doing it. it, it I think I'm doing. <laughs> I think I'm doing advocacy. I think I'm like actually working <laughs> and, and doing other stuff. I'm not doing this other thing that folks are doing within the context of like, hey, we're gonna deal with liberation. And they'd be like, yeah. And and then you know, you give me some amorphous, you know, value system, but the 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 the, the prominent idea was like, if we're gonna, there's things that when folks are harmed, if we want to heal, we gotta talk about them in public together. <laughs> like like it can't be like so when i'm harmed you know you know uh when i process uh dispossession you know of act like a relationship with like a a piece of land because the places that my immediate you know forebearers were at they had to leave and find what other opportunities you know i was at a conference this weekend um you know uh pretty good conference though i'm dealing with you know rural development and and I shared with folks, I was like, you know, I'm in Oregon and that's home. And then, you know, why I'm there. But also I said, you know, I don't have the, I don't have a relationship with like a rural county. I know the rural counties in rural towns where my folks connect to, but I don't have a relationship with them towns because we had to leave those towns. Like just straight like that. Like, so, right. you know what I mean? Like I hear what you're saying. Also, my great grandfather can never go back to Darlington, South Carolina area <laughs> after he left the, the military at the turn of the century. So, you know, yeah. 
I'm, I'm trying to figure it out, right? And the but you know, just I want to say that's also a challenge that like multiple things can be true, mm-hmm. right? Like because you could have a relationship with that land, mm-hmm. and maybe you would want to, just like you could have a relationship. With a place in the Caribbean, which is also important because I think sometimes everyone jumps to Africa, like like mm. what we now know is black folks didn't spend a good amount of time in the Caribbean for many of us, quote unquote, got here, right? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, the everlasting conversation about how many of us were here, but that's for a way different day. <laughs> but like, <laughs> absolutely. But like, you know, maybe the land in, you know, maybe the land in Jamaica, maybe your people were in Brazil first, maybe they were in somewhere else, right? Like, this idea of land, but also the 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 impermanence of it in the sense that like there are a lot of people who don't have a connection to it and you want to bring them back to it, but you also don't want to keep, I don't want to say beating them over the head about the fact they weren't from there. Cause like you said, like your family could not come back. So the relationship to it is different than someone else's relationship. Mm-hmm. So it is a trauma of dispossession, but it's maybe not a trauma where you want to come back and like, you know, pull a peach off the tree. Right, 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 right. And it's, you know, there's there's, uh, some of the sections, uh, you know, and they taps like different um, because of the work is sort of bringing in like basically just the so it's not like just those two folks thought it's like they pulling in like Paulo Ferreira and well, I can't remember the the Ecuadorian was it El Salvador, Ecuador. I had to look, read, go reread it, but I had to double check. But like, um, there's a, there's a a group of bishops that basically within the Catholic Church that was like, what we've been doing and what we've been uh, supporting, you know, is was not right and exact, and we need to support the healing. You know, what I'm saying, and the recovery and the restoration of, of people uh, of regular people who are sort of you know you know in the in the way and have been 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 harmed by these some of these states i want to say it was el salvador um and you know the 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 general concept though is like and why i think i really enjoy reading it i mean and i'll just read a couple of the chapter titles so you know you know you can choose your um you know like there's a whole section like mourning the witness after collective trauma so like that that chapter is talking about you know the folks who are who are traumatized um, folks who witness other folks being traumatized, but may not be in a role or may not have the means or to, to do anything about it. And then those also who are doing the trauma, causing the trauma. Right. So all three of those folks have to find a, for, for there to be a, a better situation and, and healing or the recovery, there may need to be some work with all of those part, per, people or those people need to have some orientation and understanding of each other. Um, or, you know, you need to understand that within the context of it. Um, the, um, you know, uh, you know, psychic wounds of colonialism and uh, globalization, you know, beyond uh, development, liberation, you know, beyond development. And so even the whole concept, that's a big part of it. It actually was a really dope chapter about you know the idea of development in in you know and we talk about development we have to, we have to develop the community and it will be better and you know and sometimes it'd be like i mean maybe we will maybe we'd be better if we was better <laughs> like maybe we, right. we did, like like you know it has a real uh powerful piece so it's a you know like i said it, it's not a uh you know pick up on a sunday you, you're gonna <laughs> <laughs> and you just gonna mellow your way through it. You know what I'm saying? I want to, I want to set nobody up for failure. <laughs> They're like, yeah, I'm gonna find that book, man. Just say I could learn about like so. You know, and I would, I would definitely think some of it for some folks would be uh, hope would be challenging, maybe in a good way, because you know, again, there's an early part of it that really goes into the idea that often, even the way like our whole orientation to pop psychology is all this sort of like very personal you know, what happened with me and my parents thing. Right. <laughs> and it's like, why, why are we looking at the world that way? Right. There's other, there's other actually bodies of study of the human reality that have not 
accepted that that's the that's the analyzing frame <laughs> to make to understand your behavior or your choices or the way you think and not you know feel operate da 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 um and also that the reality of the conditions that you live in have to be a part of any conversation about your well-being and your state of person so you know so there you go you know and that neither neither text necessarily was easy easy times but hey you know was life you know i was just watching uh fun rom-com lost city they said somewhere in there in latin the the, uh the sweeter with the difficulty or something like that you know sometimes when it's difficult it's sweeter when you get it done so go in there you know pick that up there you go just sending people to be old bro (laughs) (laughs) you'll feel better later man believe me or or maybe not i don't know just trust 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 me (laughs) trust trust your old head (laughs) (laughs) trust your old head right (laughs) um so uh, the the other book that i'm finishing um is amatora um and it's a book so it's amatora and the and the author is w david marks and the the byline is how japan saved american style so it's an interesting book because i got into it because i started looking you know getting being into like style and fashion and stuff there were all these things like jeans and sweaters and like special one-offs of stuff that like I couldn't, you can't get in America, right? Like you can only get them in Japan. And even looking at like the infatuation with Bathing Ape, Red Monkey jeans, Avizus, like kind of going back, like certain sneakers are only released in Japan and how in many ways Japan does like, the Ivy style better than Americans at this juncture. Like there are more strict rules around how Japan does Americana than how America does Americana. And kind of was fascinated by it and uh, got this book. And for anyone who has any interest in like why we give a damn about selvage jeans and the Carm de Garçon and which is a Japanese label, <laughs> like a Japanese company that we think is like a French company and like all these things, it all harkens back, frankly, to at post-World War II. And the role of American fashion from the GIs who were stationed on the, uh, the basis and the clothing and what, and what folks saw and what began what they call the Take Ivy movement and the Take Ivy movement was a movement based in like folks who had never been to America coming over and going to Harvard and Princeton to like master the style of the Ivy dressing and how jazz artists dressed because they were getting exposed to jazz arts. So in order to like master it, they came to America sight unseen and started buying clothes and creating a mail order, huge mail order. Uh, magazines to be able to buy the clothing and this goes from everything from uh, ivy league clothing to hiking clothing according in in like the 70s and like the free culture to like biker culture um just almost everything and how japan would take american culture frankly, sometimes study it more and do it better. And then later started repurposing it back to America. Hmm. Hence a bathing ape, all these kind of things, which right. they started doing denim that we would say was better than American denim. But that happened because they had to start making their own denim because many of the mills were like closed. So many of the mills of the old like Levi's and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Real funny fact. Evisu started as Evis. <laughs> they just took the L off. Took the L off. <laughs> and then did it for like the god of water, like one of the gods of water in Japan, in Japan animism. Mm. Levi sued them, so they had to put a U on the back. Instead of being Evis, that they were Evisu. So to this day, why we call it Evisu is because they had to add a you on it just to make the name go to not get sued. You probably be probably right thinking that's like, oh, that's like Italian or something. What is that? That's like that's like right. Milan or Ivisu. Like what what language is that? <laughs> like, right, like a bathing ape and like Nigo, and even like again, going kind of going back to push your teeth, like this whole culture of Nigo and how he learned 
from another fellow who was really into American uh, uh, fashion and hip hop culture. And he learned from him, which reminded me of how we like back in the 90s, we would get all these like DJ Shadow, DJ Honda. Right. And they were like doing these hard to find Japanese albums with hip hop artists. Mm -hmm. Right. DJ Crush, like all these different artists who were doing this stuff because they had studied the actual music and studied the art of it. And according to the Japanese uh, economy, the ups and downs of how they dealt with American clothing. Um, And so it's a fascinating book to really think about, especially again, you know, every couple of years, this idea of Americana comes back of like, what's American. And one Americana is a sham. Um, There's nothing that you call Americana that actually frankly started here. Um, unless you, and frankly, unless you're talking about like hip hop culture, but even that's still an interpretation of what was happening in other places when they wanted certain sweatsuits and stuff. Right. So really good book to check out. Not the easiest read, but you, you get to find out where you, Uniqlo came from. You get to find out Nego and bathing ape and all these kind of things that we now take as uh norms in our society, like I said, selvage jeans and all these kind of things that were uh, the Japanese longing for that, which was American until until they did it so well that we longed for Japanese interpretation of American culture. Right there. Right. Man, that's a good one. Hey, you always see, man, you be out here reading stuff, man. Good job by you. Listen, man, I was trying to figure this shit. I'm trying to figure this shit out, man. Why I can't why I'm trying to find <laughs> stuff? Try. I gotta get it from Japan and it costs eight hundred dollars or something like that. Yeah. Well, you know, we, we do we definitely a do for conversation because I so I've been uh and this, you know, I'm not really gonna talk about all this now, but I've been um you know, you you like you have some clothes, pants, or whatever, and I and I've, I've especially I've become a grown up, where I look at some pants and be like, I can't wear those pants no more. Those pants are if like if they were pants that I bought like a like a like a khaki, like a Gap khaki that I could kind of sometimes dress up, you know, for right. certain things I could dress down for other things. And there's a place where sometimes a cotton khaki like that starts to get a fade to it. That's like it, you can't really dress that. That look, you look like it always look a little dusty. It always look, always look like you about to maybe fix your car or do something else. That's like, right. Actually, you know, which right. is nothing wrong with fixing your car. No, but if no. you need to and, look and, a different way, if you want to, right? That's right. If you need to look, a, if you want to have a certain different edge. You go, oh, I can't wear those no more. And then also stuff just starts to wear out. Like it's just, you know, just real life, like stuff tears as, you know, like if if you if if you uh here's a here's a here's a check for all the men and, and, and listening. If you go in and you, you go next time you go check out your drawers and you got a pair of drawers, you got like a little tiny hole somewhere, not like a big hole, like you see on TV, like a joke where it's like a big hole, but got like a little tiny hole. Guess what? Once those drawers got that little tiny hole, time for some new drawers, my man. <laughs> I'm just, you know, just, I'm just taking for me. I'll, I'll be vulnerable. Just let them, yeah, yeah, right. To all the brothers and all the sisters, all the, all the women that women see this sure happening you. in their lives. Yeah. Well, I'm sure for women too, but I just don't know the, what happens. But I can just assume if you see it, that that man in your life or that person in your life is going through that situation, yeah. just, just give them a new pack. Yeah, it's like a little tiny <laughs> hole. It's like a little hole on the right side by the seam. And then, you know, it's like, oh, that's that's you know, these are all, they cool. Time for some new draws, man. It's nothing wrong with that. And, you know, same goes for other other clothing items. You know, now there's some clothing items, you know, that you might be able to have repaired, like certain shirts, you know, so that I pants too. But some stuff is like, yeah, it's time to go. But what I was getting to was I saw I've been on this thing of trying to like replace pants. So I've been looking for different kinds of pants. I'm like, oh, I'll get some flags, I'll get some these. And and but with that, I found like it's hard to find pants. <laughs> like unless you unless you just like if you wear just wear denim a lot. It's not necessarily right. to find denim, and it, it, I mean, I get guess you too. a Canadian tuxedo. Yeah, let you go. <laughs> right, you go buy some shirt. some super expensive jeans, jeans with the with the, all the rips in them. I'm not jeans and the rips guy. I'm just not on y'all team. Like y'all, all but, y'all other brothers got the jeans with the rips. Just, just, just is not going to do that. I'm not. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, you know, I'm man, you know. Anyway, see, I'm about to start figuring out the you know, how I'm going to end up with some Tims again. See, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this. But point being, it's hard to find clothes. Man, go get you some Tim's. Listen, man. Listen, man. Go buy you one pair and just look at them because you ain't gonna wear them as much as you ever think you're gonna wear them. Oh, that's so why I don't want to buy them because I don't know. I think I'm gonna wear them. Like, but but listen, you get them. Listen, I bought a pair. I bought a pair of black chuckers, 
right? I bought a pair of old school hustlers, the black chucker joints. And I still got them. I had them for a couple of years now. I got them since before the uh, pandemic. Because guess what? There's not been so many places I'm wearing black chuckers. <laughs> right? Like, you're, just, you, you're not going to wear them nearly as many places. So once you have them, they'll just be fine. Because you don't wear it every day. So all you're going to wear it was like, you know what? You know what it's, you know what it's time for? It's time to pull out my Timbs. And you're going to put a boy and go about your way. And when it's time to come home and put on some other boots or something. See, because everybody like you, we like the boots for a reason. The other Timbs, you might be like, actually serve a very functional purpose. <laughs> I don't want to wear them. And that's the respect to y'all Timberland. But I don't want the mother ones that y'all got to serve a real purpose. I want, you know what I mean? Some things right. with leather on the top or some chuckers. You know what I mean? Some beef and broccoli, some chicken and broccoli. I don't, I'm not even gonna act like I want the others. I mean, I know what y'all doing and I respect it. Right. But yeah, I don't really need an actual steel toe boot most of the time. It's cool. Right. I'm good. Like, you know what I mean? I'm a, you know, uh, you know, but that, that's outside of the layers of that. So yeah, we're, 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 well, I think, uh, unless anything else, man, I think we, I, I think we're good. I think, uh, we all good, my man. All right. So with that, I say peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to Good Brothers. Thank you to my good brother, I'm Majestic. Uh, we record these conversations more or less weekly and um, you know, hope you found something valuable and useful from my dialogue. If you want to support the podcast, the number one thing you can do is share, share, and share. Also, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. The other thing you can do if you want to support the podcast is head to Patreon, search for Justice Raji, and become a subscriber. And the last thing you can do, if you search Ask Your Old Head on Etsy, there is a little shop. And anything you purchase there puts a little something in, in the bank uh, to offset the cost of making this uh, regularly and creating. I um, hope that our conversation was valuable um, and useful to you. You know, um, as always, take the best part for yourself and be well. Peace. <laughs>